evening, everybody. How's everybody on this lovely Wednesday night? G'day, Mike. Mate, how are you? Wednesday oh. night, the uh, the rain's finally let up. <laughs> oh, has it really? Yeah, no, I'm uh, just north of uh, Albury, mate, and the, the road's dry and the sky's a little bit blue, a bit cloudy, but uh, a little bit uh, drier than I was in Melbourne. I got soaked loading in Melbourne today, so... Thanks yeah. very much, Victoria. That's all right. I'll shed a tear for you later, eh? I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, I, I didn't get real wet today doing anything, so how about that? Yeah? No. Yeah, I, look, I, I can't say too much, so I was talking to you one day, you were rolling around in the mud under a trailer. Yep. So. Yeah, we've all had, our, all had our days of having to do um, some crazy things <laughs> like that. So yeah, yeah, it's not so normally I, that situation, isn't it, where you... Yeah. The sun's been shining all day, and you just get yeah. out to um, to unload, and and yeah. down down she comes. But yeah, 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 yeah. just go to load. But anyway, that that happened. So you've had a lovely trip down there. A bit of rain, loading in the rain. Bit of rain, bit of rain. I washed the truck. That's what it was. So in the rain. No, no, I washed it before it rained. All oh, right, I, just I, just I, let I, you know that having it rain on the truck isn't washing the truck. No, 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 it was washed. It was absolutely spotless, it was, right? Mm-hmm. Bar- barrels all shiny. I am the reason it rained, right, eh? Yeah. Just so is everyone that, knows. Is that because you're God or something, or what? Oh, well, because, <laughs> because, because the gods wanted to just make me pay for nah. trying to have a clean, clean shiny truck on the Yamai. What can I say? Ah, well, you can get that on any Wednesday, mate. You can get that on any Wednesday. You're dead right. I tell you, we've got a lot to talk about this week, mate. It's a uh, it's a Wednesday industry night tonight, so we've got a bit to talk about. Oh, we do. Um, we there's do. There's been a lot going on. <laughs> been a lot going on. So where do we start, mate? What are we going to do? Well, the first thing we must start with <clears throat> is um, size matters. It does know your truck and height? So special thanks to Queensland Rail and. And the message that we're trying to put out there, um, you know, with them as, as well, that uh, please, please look up, have it, you know, pay attention. These things will cost you money, yep. and it costs society a lot of money too. You know, you hit that yeah. bridge, and uh, all them poor people that are trying to commute to work in on a train or something, and or even the traffic behind you when you're wedged under that bridge because they're apparently not real easy to back out of. No, they're not. No, but it, apparently, if you do it quick enough, though, and, you, and you're in a Pantech, you can probably get through. Descend <laughs> it, descend it. You may leave a little bit of rubbish on the road behind you, and depends how mate. how high you're loaded. Um, I'll tell you what. May you may been, leave a few frozen goods behind, a bit of ice cream or something, perhaps. And what you know, a bit of ice cream. Yeah, help no, with, there's been help with the cost of living, perhaps. There's been a lot of photos, uh, you know, uh, there was a, there's a Lynn Fox truck with a buddy, about a third of the roof ripped off under a protection beam. Um, that that appeared, in, oh, that'd be 18 months ago now. There's been several um, prominent Australian companies with their uh, logos all over social media where their drivers mm. mismanaged the height, of course. Who can forget the uh, the the uh, Indian gentleman who decided that they really shouldn't take their four point six metre tall liners through the airport tunnel? At least they stopped. At least they didn't run into anything. Yeah, it, course, it is funny though, isn't it? Like you, you'd nearly think um, when we're building these low 
tunnels. Like you know, to me, why build a tunnel that's four point three? It's crazy. Like at least go five yeah. meters. To, you know, yeah. obviously, yeah. there's cost involved digging in or raising and doing something. But at yeah. least at the start of the tunnel, put a turning bay there. Yeah, well, that's right. Give give people a place to escape. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so, nice. I mean, we've all all been. Um, don't matter if you're driving a car or a truck or whatever. There's there's always something out there that. Um, Particularly when you're not just a standard car, you know you could be yeah. towing a caravan or a rigid that's a bit higher, or or you've put something on the back that's a little bit higher. Um, and there are in the cities plenty of low bridges around. So oh, there's even it doesn't there's plenty of bloody low places around. Period. Yeah. Some of these uh, some of these old on the older roads, when just going down through Picton, for example, the old hole in the wall mm. at Picton. I mean, you can you can take a four point three three meter trailer through there easily it will easily fit as long as you're in the middle yeah if you, <laughs> it's of course it's a 25 kilometer an hour corner blind corner and uh, all the truckies of course called northbound southbound hole in the wall it's on the old gm highway at victim mm. um but of course the cars don't have uhf radios so they come barreling down there mm, and wrong, uh wrong side of the road the side of the road. I did see a chap down there, no names, no pack drill, who was obviously following his GPS in a B double, mm. and uh, he ended up down there uh, <laughs> trying to try to turn left yeah. on Argyle Street. It's actually funny. And, uh, yes, yeah. sorry, but yeah, you talk, talk about the GPS. I was, um, you know, quite often. You know, in um, trying to work out rates or allocate freight or work out who's where and doing what or yeah. the best trips, you know, we do we do actually rely on um, on Google Maps and things like that at the moment, GPS. And yep. I did notice the other day I was, I was trying to work some stuff out going down the coast road here, and, right? And the times and the kilometres that come back straight up was like, hang on, that's not right. Something's not righty. And and the GPS for some reason was taking. Vehicles off the road here, just north of um, Halfway Creek, and right. and it was quite a quite a weird sort of setup on how it was doing. It was doing it to, like just how if you would um, put in a route. Anyway, yep. so the, like I think it was the next day I was actually heading down towards Sydney, and um, I, I get near the the checking station there at Halfway Creek, and there's a big sign up that says "Ignore GPS, Stay on Highway." So they yep. it must not just be um, well. I, I think that the actual road from where it would be taking you is yeah. probably not even that suitable for cars. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's funny how you get some little glitches like that. So there is there is a necessity to um, you know have a few wits about yourself or do a bit of journey planning before you go. But certainly, yeah. certainly this height thing is something you know when we we see the. The things on the social media where there has been, you know, just a standard prime mover stuck under yeah. a three point five meter bridge. Now yeah. that's a simple case of you did not know your truck and height. You did not. No, and so did realise its size doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> thanks, thanks to Queensland Rail. Um, they, they, right. they help us out, so let's help them out. And everyone out right there, on. remember, size, size does matter. And I suppose at this point, I can just, we can just do a bit of a, a freebie for our mate Tony with TruckWiz. TruckWiz. So yeah, if you're doing your over-dimensional stuff, for a small fee every month or quarter or whatever they charge, I don't know exactly what it is, don't quote me. 
I did do a, did do a uh, big podcast on this thing several years ago, and it's had a big upgrade, and there's lots of stuff going on. Check out Truckwiz uh, if you if you really do need a professional result and a professional answer. Yeah, to rely on it does work very very well. Well, it so, does it yeah. does help you out with your heights and things like that. Whereas yeah, Google yeah. Maps and so even some of the other sort of normal, even the some of the ones that do tell you that they're a truck based thing, they yep. might tell you a BW route, but they don't don't give you heights. So particularly yeah. if you're in the the OSOM sort of world, um, things like TruckWiz can help you out immensely in planning your journeys. Yeah, well, you don't need to. Uh it's a, a small expense compared to what can happen to you. I do know that, um, you know, with uh, with some of the brands of of GPS that, as you say, claim to be truck uh, GPS, they're they're not very well. They're not one hundred percent accurate. No, I suppose. I mean, not. you've got you've yeah you, you, know, you must have been you've been driving long enough, mate. You must have had the sick feeling in the pit of your guts, same as I have, when you're looking at a bit of road and you're thinking about the tries. The size of the piece of equipment you're operating, you're going. Oh, well, I don't think I should be here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's actually like you, you know you put something on that, um, particularly in the, you know the over oversized sort of thing. Yeah. Where, you know you put a prime mover or a a, um, a a bus or something on, and you're looking at stacks. And you know one of the hardest things was going to auctions and picking up bits of gear and the amount of times yeah. you're there. And you know, like a, a an angle grinder was was um, a cordless angle grinder was nearly a necessity in, in that type of work. Um, You'd have to think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, for cutting off stacks and things like that. But you know, trying to measure things up, and even though you knew, you know, you've been out there, you'd measure measure three times about where you're at, and you yeah. think, well, I'm leaving Brisbane here, I'm going going south, so I'll, you know, you, you know, heading out Toowoomba way, and. Um, you know, at, at um, five metres or under five metres, you've got no issues, but yeah. it still doesn't really help you some days. It's just the nerves get you a little bit and, you know, have I measured that right? It's it's different yeah. when you've got 300 mil clearance or 500 mil clearance, but, yeah, when you're 4.95 and the, and the bridge is five metres, um, yeah, yeah, it's not much wiggle room there if you're bouncing around, right. so... Yeah, no. We cars out of uh, Darra when I used to subcontract the coastline, mate. Yeah. And go north, there were a couple of places there, overpasses on the Bruce Highway, which you, uh, you had to deviate around and turn the top deck into convertibles. Mm. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it pays to know these things. Local knowledge is handy sometimes, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, a bit of planning, but um, yeah. Bit um, of planning. Things like truck whiz, yeah. Check it out. It, yeah. it um, might be a good thing for you. So, so I suppose the biggest piece of news that's come to hand, I mean, it's all over social media. I haven't seen any reporting of it in the trucking media yet. Uh, I've been trying to get hold of Janice to find out exactly what did happen to their 410 mm. in Melbourne, but uh, it certainly made the news in a spectacular fashion. More than, so course, that was actually Melbourne, was it? Or wasn't that? I think it was, yep. Yeah. And... Uh, it, uh, you know, everyone's saying, you know, the standard things. It never ceases to amaze me how little the thought process goes into some process goes into something when you get a bit of confirmation bias going on. <laughs> you know, uh, here's another electric truck burning, you know, get the bloody things off the road, blah, 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 blah. 
you know, and then you'll always have some rocket scientists go, oh, you won't ever see those out in the Tanami and blah, 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 blah. And oh, the first thing I think, well, you know, you won't see a Tanami spec truck on the EMI way either. You know? Well, it'd be fairly unnecessary, wouldn't it? You'd, um, well, yeah. You'd, you'd be losing so, about eight pallets if that was the case. That's but, right. Yeah. It, um, it amazes me the comments some days. Like, I, you know, I, I will sit in the middle here on, on electric yeah. trucks. And, and the reason I do that is yep. that everything needs testing. Um, these, these will advance, you know, you know. Make no mistake, as Yogi might yeah, say here. Make no mistake. might say. They, they will infiltrate our industry. And yeah. in some instances, I can tell you, if our local garbage truck was electric, I think that would be a great thing. Yeah. Um, well, to, to hum around the, the district at that time of the morning, I, I think it would be a great thing. But they, they are out there proving themselves to do a bit of long distance. And I actually believe that, the electric truck, as we're looking at there now, with what what Janice does, is yeah. really the first step in in changing the technology. Not not necessarily to the battery thing, but the the electric powered truck that may be powered by something different, whether it's hydrogen or some yeah. other some other method of generating power. And it yeah. is actually a more efficient way of putting power. Through the axles than than diesel. Now well, we all understand that at this point in time, and I don't expect that we're going to see this mass introduction of electric trucks in the next five years. But they will they will start to to get into different areas and and things like this do need to be trialled. And I don't think anyone loves to see their truck burning on the side of the road, whether it's diesel, petrol, electric hydrogen, yeah. whatever, it's not a good thing. So, you know, that's cost some poor bugger a lot of money today or yesterday. Yeah. So it's not a good the, thing, but but we nah. will we will progress forward and have no doubt about that. There, there will be some changes, you know, in the next 25 years. And I've, you've only got to look at what, what changes have been made in our lifetime in transport or mobile phones and TVs and computer chips and like I, I'll give an example here of when I was a kid I went to a, a place where my uncle worked in Dubbo and he was a computer engineer and yeah. and they had rooms of computers like rooms yep. now that would fit in your phone yeah and and I'm not that old so right. in that in that amount of time so I would say in 40 years that's the progression of where you know, computers went from being half a floor in a building to something yeah. you can carry in your pocket. Um, yeah. So have 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 no doubt the the advancement of electric vehicles um, will will go forward. And when I say electric vehicles, just just imagine that it's, it's electric motor powering it. And we've all seen Back to the Future, mate, where they throw a couple yeah. of, a couple of bananas in the thing, and away they go. In the flux capacitor. In the flux capacitor. So. You know, that's just someone's dream, and one day that will probably come to fruition. And yeah, there'd be some little kid well, watching that movie one day, going, "Wow, they could tell the future." Yeah, well, I, I just want to so mention quickly that I have tried to talk with Lex today, and obviously he's been a bit busy. I will talk with Lex about what happened, and we will find out why. And when we do, I will tell people why. 
Um, the first one that they lost was because of loose connections. It wasn't because of the battery. It was because there was some loose connections. Because we all know when electrical things get loose, they start to heat up and mm. a bit of heat, and that's that's a fire. Now, you know, there are a number of questions that arise out of what we saw uh, yesterday with this with this truck. Uh, we talk about, you know, the the fact that these things do. When they do get going, they're just generally pretty hard to put out. I wonder what happens. I mean, we can't take dangerous goods vehicles through tunnels for obvious reasons. Um, you know, obviously, we're a bit scared of what happened at the Mont Blanc Tunnel in Europe, mm. and we don't want to see people losing their lives in tunnels. We have an issue with these electric vehicles, I think. And we, you know, you, you've got to front up to that, that, that this issue does exist and the mm. potential does exist and there are a lot more electric cars getting around now than people realise. I mean, how I, think about when you're driving around, how many Tesla 3s you see running around? Oh, everywhere. There's quite a few, but you know, you, you just go, imagine this in the day when they're bringing yeah. out some, some of the first motor vehicles and everyone yeah. driving their horse and cart around were going, yeah. oh, check these blokes out. Imagine if they had social media back then. Yeah, oh, oh, I've never, never seen my horse break down like this before. No, that's right. No, they never have. They should, but here's the thing, they should I mean, ban them the, all. They should. <laughs> all, the, all the objections people raise about the new technology, oh, you know, uh, what's the range? Well, unless they move the towns, we know how far apart they are. If the truck's got the range from one to the next, what difference does it make? If it's not, you know, we'll so, still send the old Cummins out there, eh? Well, yeah, but... Here's the thing. Old Cummins has run out of diesel, too. They do. Um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't charge them up or fuel them up, mm. they, they all suffer from the same problem. They yeah. stop on the side of the road. Yeah. I, just get, I just get so fed up with some of the childish arguments that are supposed to be... They're straw man arguments, and they're supposed to be, this is the one that wins the argument, this is the one that shows I'm right... And, you know, let's find out what happened to this truck. It's unfortunate. But I've seen a brand-new Freightliner sitting on the side of the road burning. It wasn't electric. That's that's no. dead right. But, you know, we, we have to accept that technology does move forward and, and we yeah. do still, you know, like, like for me personally, I it's nothing against electric trucks or anything. Yeah. You love the old the old diesel truck. You, you love what we grew up with and that you, you won't that's take right. that away. And I still... You know, I look at some of these cars now driving down the road, and they've got an iPad virtually, or two sometimes, stuck on the dash. I, I think for yeah. the for the design of these cars, I've got yep. to tell you, and I'll put this out there: if your job's yeah. to design a dashboard for a car, and the best thing you can come up with is go down to your shop and buy a Samsung tablet and stick it on the dash, like <laughs> seriously, yeah. we, we've lost yeah. our way. Like that to me, that they look oh. they look terrible. They're yep. but. But in saying that too, I'm one who will turn the dash lights nearly to, to right down when I drive. Yeah. I hate lighting the car. Um, yeah. But again, how do you design a car that your dash is just a tablet to, to me? It's just, yeah, blah. I know what Terrible. else you turned out in the car too. The air conditioning. <laughs> oh, mate. I do. And, I, you know, I do travel. I love it cold. And, you know, sometimes if you drive a truck that, you know, you're just filling in for and someone will say, didn't you notice the heater didn't work? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I've ever used a heater in a car. I don't. I, just, I love it cold. You know, 
or the um, even we go better. I love uh, it. I love it cool. It just works better for me. But I, yeah, I, I actually I like. do think that you know fatigue created in in vehicles with the heaters on is probably a big issue. Um, yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that with Andrew shortly. But mm. I just, I just, I just know that when I, well, I've got an important safety tip for when I'm going to sit in the front seat of the car with you from now on. Bring a blanket. Bring a blanket or put my hoodie on first. Yeah. And as um, <laughs> what my dad used to say, whoever's got that steering wheel in the hand, they got they got control of everything in the car. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. No, the, that's true. The, that's the, true. The, that's the, true. The music's the level that you want. The temperatures, what you want, everyone else just yeah put up with it. And that's right. I'm talking about you know someone who came from an era where they used to have to travel up the Brown Mountain in reverse because the old T model would run out of fuel if you drove up there forwards. <laughs> so. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the. Yeah. So yeah, we've got Andrew Hamilton Vaughan coming up shortly. Yeah. Um, to talk about the fatigue blitz and power nap and all that sort of stuff and I'm sure that'll be interesting mm, it will and then at some stage later on after we've chatted with with uh, Andrea we need to talk about the caravans mate because there's been a lot of talk about caravans this week mm. so we need to we need to get into that a little bit but yeah I, I think we've got a bit to do we'll try and find Yogi if we can too I don't know what he's doing oh he's out there working going hard at it so yeah. you know it's good to see Funny thing, when we started this whole thing, we, we 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 weren't too worried about being authentic. You've got three editors of a trucking magazine. We all drive trucks, and <laughs> uh, two of us are out here actually working at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and and uh, quite interesting. Oh, speaking of trucking magazines, it's coming along quite nicely. Is it? I need people to send in the rig of the month entry forms because we've we've got a few. Mm. Uh, but please, I mean. I, I appreciate why some people, you know, I've had a few emails. I mean, someone telling me, oh, you know, it's all Kenworth's rig of the month. I said, yeah, it is all Kenworth's because these guys put in the entry forms, right? Mm. So if you've got a Kraken Volvo or a Kraken Scania or Mercedes or Freightliner or whatever it is, oh, if it's good enough, it'll get a Guernsey, you know? Simple as that. Well, it's got you know? trying to come in here, mate. So wait, I won't hang up on you. I'll just keep All you right. here, but I'll bring him in, so... Right, eh? Sorry, listeners, as we always do here, um... No, he's dropped out before we even got he's him dropped. there. That's uh, Western Australian phone service for you, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, what, what we might do is go to a song, because then we can um, bring him back in. Yeah, and, um, and see if we can get Andrea. And see if we get Andrea on the phone as well, so... Yeah, we'll go to a bit of, bit of music here. Bit of uh, right. weed as teenage... Dirt bag, how about that, eh? Oh,
It's prom night and I am lonely, low and behold She's walking over to me, this must be fake My lip starts to shake How does she know who I am? And why does she give a damn about? Afternoon, Yogi. Good afternoon on the road, listeners. Yeah. Welcome to another Wednesday late session again. Yeah. Have um, you got a note? Have you got a note, have you, Yogi? No, no, you can all bugger off. <laughs> oh, how about that, eh? <laughs> oh, Gee, that's nice, isn't it? Right, oh, we'll just hang up on you, mate. That's been nice. lovely <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I hope in hell of me being on the radio going loaded up the Brooklyn Hill coming out of Perth, you know, 22 times the Horton and everything. Ah, you'd be loud. You lost oh, the, it. the Horton hero, eh? Well, that's right, yeah. Opposite the Jake Ray Friday, I'll put the yeah. Horton on and make it happen. It's yeah. great. I love it. I love making the big gen who's work going up the hill and then there's only two or three hills in Western Australia and I've just been up one of them. Cool. So, yeah. so well, welcome, Yogi. <laughs> Uh, I'm just laughing, I'm just sitting here laughing. So while we've been in, in the song there, we've, um, yeah, we've managed to get Andrea on the line. So, Andrea, how are you tonight and welcome to the show. Oh, I'm well, thank you, and thank you for having me, guys. I always love talking to you three. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you would. I'm looking forward to catching up at the National Road Freighters Conference next year. I think it's February. Got my invitation, so I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope lots of truck drivers turn up. Well, that'd be great, and um, just to get a plug in here, if the, uh, tickets are actually available now, if you go to nrfa.com.au and scroll down the page a bit there'll be a thing bounce out at you and say if you want to buy some tickets um, yeah, click on that one and um, yeah, that'll be great so anyway, Andrea what would you like to talk about tonight? Yeah, what's been going on in your world, Andrea? How have you been since we last spoke? Are you well? You know? I 
I am well, but I'm very concerned that 190 lives have been lost with heavy vehicle crashes so far this year. And, you know, mm. I know where all the agencies around the country are putting out media releases and their number one go-to is let's throw the cops at the trucking industry and, and check their logbooks and let's see what they're doing um, as an intervention. But, you know, the international research tells us that if, the, if all the drivers drove with their headlights on, uh, a lot of these crashes would not have occurred. And the reason for that is, and let me uh, highlight a number of crashes that have happened in Victoria, where a driver, a heavy vehicle driver, is driving down the highway, minding his own damn business, you know, doing everything that's mm. right, and some yeah. silly person um, drives out in front of him and hits him. You know, now there was the uh, one on the Hume, which four people dead. Of course, if you're going to get a side uh, side impact crash from a heavy vehicle with 200 tons on it, you know, it'd be a miracle if anyone comes out alive. Now, that driver in that particular crash had already stopped. You know, you know, they always tell you, "Oh, if you stop and had a cup of coffee, you're going to be fine." But that group of people had stopped, had a cup of coffee, then got went to get back on the hume and drove straight out in front of a huge truck. Now, can I mention what uh, what fleet it was from? Probably not. No, not okay. Not I won't. Best. I won't. But. Okay, yeah, but the, the the drive was totally in the in the clear. Okay, so yeah. and it was a big B double, bright red. How could you bloody miss him? I don't know. Mm. Okay, so um, but we know about a thing called vis in road safety science and visual science. We know a thing about visual acuity, and if you had your headlights on, they would have picked that up. But if the truck was just driving at, at at the wrong wrong moment to the truck not a, a truck that it, it just was in the shade a bit or whatever i don't know um i don't believe that could have been a problem there but they would have seen it yeah you know, it would have registered in the brain Mm. Okay, yeah. and that's what, and I think one of the things that we could do in the National Heavy Vehicle uh, Fleet is to all drive with our headlights on. Parkers are not enough. You know, parkers don't have the same visual impact. Don't forget, if you're driving down the Hume, you're doing 100 kilometres an hour. That's 27.5 metres a second. Okay, so if someone drives out in front of you, there's very little that you can do. Well, sometimes you know? it's it's very hard to react because you, you know, that driver may have even seen what was about to happen, and and had either the option of driving over the the cars that were next to him, um, or having an impact with the one that was straight in front of him, or trying to swerve and miss all of it, which probably inadvertently probably would have wiped out all of them. So it's a, it's a challenge, and as heavy vehicle drivers. You know, personally, I see this every day, people that just pull out in front of cars, uh, in front of trucks, and whether they it's, see it's them amazing. or not, I don't know. I I will say if there's if there's a thing that can sit on the front of your truck that um, that makes makes you look more obvious than what you already are, I think that would be a good thing to do. 
Um, but it, it, and it will virtually not. It doesn't cost anything. I've heard. I've heard stories about it could wear, put more wear and tear. Is it the alternator? But all that is hearsay. I haven't got any. I haven't got any evidence. But you're right. And, and none of these drivers in these crashes. And there's been about three of them in Victoria. Uh, another furphy is if we throw more police out on the road and they stop everyone, then they will have a charge of adrenaline and they won't do it. Well, one guy had actually been stopped by police for whatever infringement. Got his infringement, and then drove on and then drove again at an intersection, drove across another major highway in Victoria and killed both of them. Another one in Victoria, all these truck drivers are absolutely blameless, right? They've had a shocking day because, you know, you've just got to, you know, you're, the, you're there and it's all happened and four or five of them died yeah. in one, another crash. Mm. Now... Again, headlights on, you know, would be a great strategy. I, I think that as a road safety officer, as road safety agencies, we need to look at the research. And some of these things are so simple, it's ridiculous. But if it makes a difference, then we should. Well, and you, you de you're dead right there on in, uh, on the simple things that can, can have an effect and you know, I've, I've been quite heavily involved in trying to raise money for Rod Hanafy's Green Reflector Program. Like we've we've applied for different, many different sorts of government funding, and and trying to get money for that, which is on on many occasions has been told the best bang for buck that you'll ever get. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty hard to get that buck for it. Yeah, well, Look. Adam uh, Adam Gibson from NTI has actually said that. More than once in many forums, that is the best bang for buck program he's ever seen. Yeah, and we we just we just cannot seem as though we can get the money to make it happen. Mm. It's just bloody ridiculous. Everything that's happened there, Rod's managed to do. And to be perfectly honest with you, it was one of the reasons that Rod inspired me so much to do what I do, seeing what he's done. Mm. You know, yeah. and uh, we really do need to to get behind it. I do think that. Industry's probably got a part to play in all in a lot of this, but trying to get trying to get ten bucks out of anyone to do anything that's uh, not self uh, self serving. I don't, that's not probably what I mean either. Mm. Not by that, but but it's a bit altruistic. Uh, it's a little bit hard. Mm. There is I a lot of altruism in our industry. Yeah, I, I, I think you've got a very valid point there, Mike. Um, if you if you're not some bloody genius, so-called genius, nobody wants to listen to you. And you're right. Yeah. Rod Hanafy has inspired me. Twenty uh, nineteen years ago, I was going to conferences. You know, just road safety ones, um, and not trucking conferences. And Rod get Rod Hanafy get up, and about five or six years on, I'm thinking. This guy's saying the same thing. And, and I started to, you know, because, you know, heavy vehicles is only a small part of my my role. And I started listening to him and I thought, hang on, this guy's right, you know. Why isn't someone doing something? So he has inspired me too. Uh, the green reflector is a very... Um, it, it, is a visual cue, um, but I also I think that that's why I wanted. It's no use me developing another app which would cost X amount of money. Um, 
but if you know there's so many telematics out there uh, for the heavy vehicle industry, they should be giving them verbal clues. Now, I don't know how long it takes for a um, a B double to slow down to go into a, a parking bay, but you know what I'm trying to say. Say a kilometre, then 500 metres, 250 metres sort of thing. Um, because one of the first sensors that go in fatigue is your visual uh, visual comprehension, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you see, it's like um, another thing that drivers must be very careful about during December is if they go into roadworks on any of the major highways and they don't slow down, I can bet you $10 that there'll be highway patrol sitting there waiting for them. Mm. And, and, and the so reason, they should. So, well, so they should, but it again, it's a fatigue thing. That and, and and I agree with what they're trying to do because road workers, you know, do get killed doing their job. But it's again, it's a fatigue mechanism where you see the sign and you know you saw the sign, but it's not kind of comprehending. Oh yeah, better take my foot off the accelerator. Well, one of the things we do as a driver is is most of our reactions and actions are based on virtually you're in a trance. And I'm not saying yeah. that you're in a trance because you're asleep or whatever, but driving to everyone now has become such a second nature thing of what we do that it's it's like breathing or or you get up in the, in the morning and make yourself a cup of coffee. So in the morning when you make a cup of coffee, do you put your coffee cup in exactly the same spot every morning? Um, it's all this sort of stuff where our, our minds and bodies just now are in a vehicle and it's part of ourselves. So... One of the things I see is that virtually every driver on the road now is very selfish in what they do. They don't consider anybody else or what what might go on. And and you know we mean you have talked about this yogi about the difference between yeah. a minute. Like where, where are you going to get oh, to? What sure. are you going to do? Like terrible, you, terrible. Doing you can race around hundred and hundred and ten in a minute over over X amount hundred kilometers. Terrible. Mm. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to walk into the, you know, um, milk bar five minutes or a minute in front of your mate. Come on, yeah. It's like Waste um, the time. It's like everyone going away at Christmas time for a holiday. Prep yourself for it instead of, you know, sitting up the night before and packing your bags and being up to one o'clock in the morning before you head off the next day. Um, in a situation where you're not, that's not what you do. You're not used to doing that. Um, yeah. Plan it out a little bit further. A couple of days before, pack your bags, get ready to go. So the night before, you can have a good sleep. Because, like when, when you're a professional driver, this is what you do. So when you're when you're driving and doing your fourteen hour days, this is what we do day in day out. And we all know that our first entry into the week on a, on a on a Sunday night is sometimes the hardest, as as is getting home on in the afternoon, because yep. your body is either still in relax mode or I'm just about home. And that's yep. and, and and the rest of the week you're in work mode. You are purely this is what I do. So you you have to work to the regulations. You have you know whatever else you do, but you're in work mode. So everybody else that's travelling down the road, I'm sorry to say this, but you're in holiday mode. And, yeah, and, yeah and you, and shouldn't body, you shouldn't be in holiday mode until you've got your wine shirt on and you're sitting yeah. on the beach. So never in the car. Yeah. As soon as you leave, right. you're going never ever. You're not in holiday mode. You're in our work zone, and you're in our you know 
working environment mm. you're working. But you're in the environment where you have the ability to kill somebody else if you're not paying attention. And that's what should spark an interest in people's minds. And this is where we should be changing a culture on how people feel when they're on the road. So when you're on the road, just remember that any little action that you have, you're going to lean over and pick up your phone or whatever you're going to do, you have the ability then to kill somebody. So... You know, you don't have that walking down the supermarket. Chances are you walking down the supermarket, you're trolling and you answer your phone. You're not going to kill somebody. You might forget something. But so this is everybody, every road user's responsibility to understand that, that you, you know, virtually at any moment, um, your inability to keep your concentration can kill somebody. I think that's a very valid point, and and what another thing that, especially, um, you know, the everyday driver. I'm not talking about the professional driver. Um, they don't they don't realise there's consequences to their actions. You know, they all get horrified when the police say to them, "Well, you've just caused this crash. You're liable, etc." Blah blah blah, and they're going, "But it was an accident," you know. And you know, we've had road safety education now for forty years, and people still think that they can, you know, uh, you know, they can get away with it. You know, yeah. oh, it was just a, an accident. No, no, someone made the decision. And that decision was the wrong decision, and there's consequences for it. Mm. But but an yeah. accident's when you didn't see an oily patch on the road, and and you slid mm. off sideways. That's that's an accident. Um, or a tree fell over the yeah. road, or something when, like that. That's an accident. When you Can't pull be. out in front of a truck um, that's red and probably got its lights on, um, it's not an accident. It's a, it's an act of um, lack of concentration. Yeah, negligence. It's negligence and it's happening, you know, well, as I said, four or five of them in Victoria alone. Mm. Um, yeah. And they're the ones that I know about, you know. God knows yeah. what's happening yeah. in WA and the Northern Territory and all that sort of thing. Mm. It's um, <laughs> To be honest, Andrew, they're, they're the ones that we hear about. We never hear about the near missing. Mm. Oh, well, two trucks come together at Sutton Forest last night. Has anyone heard anything about that? Because it's such no. such a common event these days that we've um, we're we're numbed to it. So when we talk about road safety, the biggest thing that I see we don't do anymore is we don't talk about changing the culture of how people feel about what they're doing. We, everyone's out there thinking they've got a right to go and get a licence and buy a car and drive on the road, which is true. You do have that right, but you also have a responsibility on the Absolutely. other side of that, which is tenfold on your right mm -hmm. to do that. And, you know, until we change people's minds on how they act on the road, and this starts now, we've got an opportunity now to teach our children on how they're going to present themselves on the road. Do you want to drive around like an idiot and think that you're the most important person that, and you're the only one that's trying to get to work or on your holiday or whatever? Like one of the things that it, it amazes me is you see a caravan driving in the road and, and you're doing 110 and a caravan wants to come around, like a car and a caravan wants to come around you. And in my thoughts, like that is the most idiotic thing because any vehicle, doesn't matter how well rated it is, sailing down the road, 
at 110, 120, 130 is is unstable, and no one no one here no one can say to me, oh no, but they've got stability control or something. They yeah, don't. right. That yeah. just that that is a vehicle in my in my view that's out of control. Very well said, and it is out of control, and that's why you see them. I mean, uh, I just came back from Mossvale a couple of weeks ago down the Hume. Uh, there was a damn um, uh, caravan all smashed up all by itself, and, you know, uh, was littered all over the Hume, and I thought to myself, oh, yeah. He, he got up to 110, 120, and he just lost it, you know, mm. um, and, and they're unstable. I mean, the Transport for New South Wales is trying to teach people on how to pack their caravans, etc. I think the biggest problem is they go, to, uh, you know, some of them try to go too fast and some of them go too slow. Mm. I mean, they're, because uh, there's no training. You don't need a licence to tow a caravan. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, <laughs> I've driven everything from a car to a caravan. You know, oh, no, I know. Oh, no, don't, don't get him started. <laughs> but I can tell you now, I can drive down the road at 90, and I'll say 90 because that's the legal speed limit in an A-double. I can drive down the Pacific Highway in an A-double, and I feel that that combination is much more stable than driving down the road, pulling a caravan <clears> at 100, <throat> With, with that, that, that you're perfectly legal to do, much, much yeah. more safer. Like, I that that um, car and caravan will be out of control in in a second if yeah. things go pear shaped. Um, and they so do go pear shaped all the time, particularly when you're doing 110, 120. <laughs> so well, you know, you you know, you go through the pillager. You know, when I go go through the pillager, there's always a caravan crash somewhere. You know, it, it's just amazing, and uh, they are a problem. The um, but I think the to truck drivers, the good old fashioned motorist, is the biggest problem that we have. And I know we do programs like you know don't f with trucks and what else do we do uh you know know the blind spots but you know oh, one of the big we all we need space. space yeah exactly exactly and, but we we run these campaigns for a few weeks and then and then think oh everyone knows it now and we'll go away no you need yeah. to do it for years years and years but it's, it's not just an education program it's it's changing a culture and if, yes, if, your, if your mindset is to just go out there and say, we're going we're gonna to spend a million bucks over the next 10 weeks on all these ads and, and all that, that's, that's fine. That's a great contribution. But if your mindset's about how many people you're going to target in this period and, and, and if you come out thinking, oh, we've put this out there and the ratings were this, so this must have been so many people watched that, so they're all better off. You're completely wrong. It just doesn't work that way. You have to get into the mindset of people and how they think and act to make a change, and that takes 20 years. So Exactly. The, the position we've got ourselves into now is because we have lacked that hands-on, face-to-face teachings that should have been there. And I've seen so many education programs dropped for let's just make a YouTube video or 
you know, it, it's it's crap. It doesn't work, and any educator from a decent era will tell you that it doesn't. And work. I think, I think too, though. But you got to look at the messages that we've been telling people, like, oh, stop and take a break, or um, drink, don't drive, or you know, Plan B or something. They're just they're just words. They're not intervention strategies. They're not giving people information that they can put to use. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, you've got to be able to give people a solution to their problem. And the problem with, you know, like drink, drive, I, I do a campaign, which we've done for a decade now, leave the car at home, make a taxi or plan B. We live in a, you know, like Orange is a, a small regional town where, you know, a taxi cab is to most, to 90% of the population, it's 10 minutes. Okay, so if you're going out to drink, there's no use telling to pe telling people that a magical fairy godmother is going to tell you after you've had three or four drinks, oh, leave the keys with me because you're you're not fit to drive. It's all over, Red Rover. Once you're there <laughs> drinking, <laughs> once you're there drinking, you don't care about that anymore because you're you're you know you're invincible. Well, Leave the bloody car at home. Get there somehow and get a taxi home. That's the only way to stop well, drink driving. Well, it is driving. because, I, yeah, most <laughs> rational decisions have never been made eight schooners in, I can tell you. No, no <laughs> well, nobody. I mean, you know, and uh, like when we go out, my husband, I always say to my husband, even though we take a taxi there and back, I, I always say for calorie reasons, how many drinks have I had? And I always say, oh, I've had three, and he said, you've had five, mm -hmm. you know. You never guess or you don't want to guess or you don't want to make that decision because alcohol's involved, mm. you know? So, you know, all these, yeah, and that's why with PowerNap, I've got to tell you, I, I, I didn't, didn't want to talk about PowerNap tonight because I'm always talking about it, but I went to the Australian uh, Road Safety Conference, which is all about behaviour, engineering, scientific research, and Dr. Soames Job was there, and I was talking to someone, and he heard the word PowerNap, and he said to me, is that yours? And I said, yes, it is mine. I developed it. And he said, that is absolutely great, Andrea. Blah, blah, blah. Now, Dr. So you don't know who Dr. Soames Job is, but he was the road oh. safety expert for the World Bank. He sat on the United Nations for road safety. And, you know, that's oh. like getting a bloody Oscar, you know. It, and he yeah, loved yeah, it because... Job. Yeah, he loved it because it's an intervention. It's practical advice that the guys can take out on the road when they've hit fatigue. I spoke to some uh, some telematics guys who were saying to me, oh, you know, they've all got to be fit for work. They can't get tired from the day. And if, if our machine tells us that they're tired, they get told off when they get tired get back and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, where's the intervention? What are you going to tell them when they're tired? Oh, they shouldn't have got tired. I said, people get tired. <laughs> Human beings get bloody tired. Have you ever been in the car for 10 hours? Oh, no, of course not. Come back and talk to me after you've driven from bloody Melbourne to uh, Port Douglas or Sydney to Port Douglas. Mm. Tell me when you've done that. 
I wish you'd tell us what you really think with a, with a bit of passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like you're missing your words, Andrew. A bit of, a bit of, a bit of fire, fire in the belly there. Don't hold back. She does. She's fired up. I'm scared now. I'm just going to sit here and... You, you, you should have heard a woman rang me up and complained about a truck drive the other day. I swear to God. And I gave her a 30-minute lecture... <laughs> She'll never ring me to get about why truck drivers were not to blame, but car drivers. And she told me what she did, and I said, yeah, it was bloody stupid. But I didn't use the word bloody because I'd get into trouble at council. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know they tell me, don't. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just happy that you've reduced the bloody for the show here. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be worse. But it is. Oh, yeah, there's so many points oh. on what you say, though, and and again, I will say it, it's a there's a culture issue here that we need to get in and change. Just slapping slogans up everywhere is not going to fix the problem, and all we'll do is end up, you know, another twenty years deep in a, in another well. pile, pile of it if we don't start changing the way people think. And I think there's a lot of talk about that in the research, but we need government agencies to come on board. It's not enough to say to people, oh, you're tired, take a break, you know. That mm. means nothing, and that's not effective. At The same as, you know, having a fairy godmother, a, a Samoan or a, a Maori fairy godmother, turning up the pub in, in your mind that that's going to stop you from drinking and driving and going home. Yeah, it's, that's not going to happen. Mm. And, you, you know, we with I, I've been running this Plan B campaign, which is a drink-driving campaign for a decade in Orange, and... X amount of people die in cars over the illegal limit, even in our local government area, and it's a very small number. But hundreds, hundreds get into crashes with the legal limit of alcohol in their system because every glass of alcohol is affecting your visual um, impairment, your gap selection, all those different things. And... Um, yeah, and this campaign that I've run, leave the car at home, make a taxi or plan B, which doesn't work in my other council, Kabon, because there's no taxis, okay? So it's, you know, it's specific just to Orange. Um, you know, we've now had, in the last five years, 135 less crashes with people with the legal limit of alcohol in their system. So right. that means more people are saying, "Okay, we're going to drink alcohol. We need to, we need to get to the pub and back another way." Interesting, which isn't is it? good. It is interesting, and again, it's intervention strategies. And I've learnt that from people like Professor Ian Johnson, Doctor Soames, Job, all the top people, and other people have access to all this research, not just me. But I'm the one that, well, in my little limited area, uh, except for the heavy vehicle space, um, I've been able to uh, put it in place. Yeah. To create that cultural change that you're talking about, Craig. Yeah, well, that, that, as I say, it's, it's a, a long, it's the long game. You've got to play the long game. We're not going to turn people around tomorrow. Uh, if you want, you want to hear something really funny? Transport for New South Wales withdrew funding for the Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> it's working, and they withdrew funding. Oh no, no, we don't like taxi vouchers anymore. We've changed our minds. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. See, it even it happens to me too. Not just Rod Hannaford, it happens to me too. Mm. Yeah. But the taxi yeah, anyway. co-op decided to, to fund it. So, and I just want to let you know that this uh, research, be like the BCNB be Safe, uh, Drive With Your Headlights 24-7, the internet, because it's in some countries of the world, it's, it's law. You can't drive without your headlights on during the day. And a lot of most of the European countries. So they reckon it's 25% reduction in multi-vehicle crashes um, in, in the places like capital cities, a 28% of fatal pedestrian crashes. But the largest savings are in the high severity crashes, including head-ons and intersections. And that's exactly what's happening on our, our major thoroughfares with heavy vehicles. Mm. Well, I do know that uh, Canada is a country that runs on uh, daylight running lights and uh, headlights must be on on all vehicles all the time. And yeah, look, whenever you see you, whenever you see a car over there, I, when I was over there, whenever you saw a car that didn't have the headlights on, they stood out like what names because they didn't have their lights on, you know? So, so they stood uh, out like cars without lights on, is that what you're saying? So, what I'm saying is that it was odd to see a car without the lights on, you know. They were, they'd usually, but they were American cars that had come across the border, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But you, you could get a ticket. You could get a ticket for it in Canada if you didn't have your lights on. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot I don't of know, the... I don't know, maybe that some of these things... I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a case for and against, I suppose. I, I mean, I... I got a text from someone that's just, just there before, and... I haven't really read it because I'm driving along, but I sort of, it, it uh, just comes up on the phone in front of me, but I glance down at it, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, it uh, it seems to me that they're, I mean, I'm not across the research. Where, where does all the research come from? Uh, pain, the NRMA and the RACV, um, uh uh, what do you call it, uh, got the research done in Australia and that's where those figures come from. But Payne actually reviewed all the international data, uh, what they call a meta-analysis of all the countries that are uh, running with daytime uh, headlights and uh, that's where all those, then he made X amount of recommendations and he said if Australia did it, we would get the 25% reduction in multi-vehicle crashes. Now, as you know, our road toll is out of control, not only in New South mm. Wales, but Victoria, and the leading academic researchers and scientists predicted this a few, a few years ago, that there was a crisis of complacency in road safety agencies in Australia and that these these figures would increase. Mm. Well, so, we, yeah, once upon a time, we used to do all these really graphic ads. I remember, I mean, there was an ad with a fella pulling out in front of a truck and getting T-boned that was on TV for a while. There was an yeah. ad with a fella going to sleep in a Volkswagen combi van and hitting the second trailer on a, do a, a, a truck and dog set and getting yeah. smashed to pieces. That was on TV for a while. There was there are a number of bits and pieces, I think, uh, women in trucking... Uh, Australia Limited uh, did three ads, I think, with HVSI funding a couple of years ago 
which we did see, but we didn't see for very long because it wasn't a great deal of funding. I mean, well, that, that, some yeah, of these more graphic a... messages, are, some of the more graphic messages have been uh, dialed back because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. It just seems to me that the only way to make an impact is to is to get to someone's feelings. Mm. Well, that that is very true in, in a lot of ways. Again, we need to have an intervention strategy. In other words, we need to give someone something to do. We can't just say to people, "Oh, pull over," and, you know. Uh, uh, share the driving or take a break. Taking a break and having a cup of coffee is not the same. The only one cure for fatigue is sleep. Mm. They all agree yeah. on that. They all agree on it. Yeah. It's not an Andrea Hamilton born thing. I'm just I'm just <clears throat> giving you the information from the best scientists in road safety. Mm. Okay? And some of them are from Australia. Believe me, all these guys, as I said, Dr. Soames Job ended up on at the World Bank in uh, Washington with a seat on the United Nations. Uh, look, they're all over the place. These guys are the best of the best. And yeah. we, we all know what to do. It's just getting the funding and getting past the bureaucrats. Well, yeah. part, part, well, of the, part of the funding issue is is I think we seek money from government and mm-hmm. and that's not always the answer. But I think it's some some of the some of the times this is industry based and the funding needs to come back from industry. I, I, I wish government would do it and I, and I can't see any reason why they shouldn't, but you know, we've got to live in the in the real world here. But um, so, like we we ask many of our colleagues in the industry to help support what we do and you know, here at, um, at the radio and Truck and Life and soon to be released other programs, you know, we, we ask industry for money. If government want to help us out, yay, that's fantastic. But um, it's it's not always the answer. So I, I believe as an industry, and I'm not just talking about the road transport industry, I'm talking about the caravanners, the campers, everybody involved with, with using the road. You know, there's a responsibility for for helping to create a better future for everybody on the road. Look, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, when we started off with PowerNap and, and, you know, people said how successful it is, it's only successful because the drivers took it up. The ind- the trucking companies at first thought, what is this bloody woman talking about? She's going to make our drivers late. We don't, oh, we don't want to talk about fatigue. We want to talk about productivity. We want to talk about bigger trucks, mm. you know. Nobody cared about the drivers, you know, and and they all seem to think that all the trucks are going to be self-driving soon. Well, I've been told by people of very – the people who know what they're talking about, they said, oh, our roads are not going to be like that for another 40 or 50 years. Mm. Oh, they might be okay on a few, uh, you know, suburban, uh, you know, freeways, but mm. the rest of the country, you know, where 80% of our trucking is going, it's not going to be. I mean, Yogi is going to be in a job for a long time because they're not going to be <laughs> able to, you know, <laughs> he's going to be with us for a long you, time and his kids. When you, when you send a truck out with a, a driverless truck out to load a header on Yogi, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. So, I mean, look, 
And I'll chuck a little bit of my two cents in about that. Like, so we do oversize, and, and I don't know if people see us or they don't. I, I think there's, yeah, I think there's more of a change in culture that's required, but it is definitely a very easy and simple tool to do, especially if it is overcast or cloudy or dull. You, you will be seen with your lights on as cars. 100%, but trucks, you know, like it's a bit of a, I don't know where, like, yeah, we, we do oversize and I still reckon people still pull out in front of me. I don't seem to see me at all. So, yeah, it's a bit That's of a, amazing, bit of an isn't it? sort of. But, I, you know, Yogi, I, I've had an instance going through Narrabri and you'd know that there's, there's a couple of bridges there, you know, and I actually wasn't driving the heavy vehicle, I was escorting. So I've got flashing lights, signs, and there's just behind me a truck with something on that's 5.2 metres wide, it's yeah. red, and and I'm on the opposite side of the road, which I know is an escort in, in New South Wales, you're not supposed to do, but I did it because I'm trying to save lives. Yet a, a car and a caravan tried to go around me on the opposite side of the bridge, and I'm oh, stopped there with flashing lights on oversize and there's something coming across the bridge that's red. And guess what? He had his lights on and flashing lights and they still tried to get around me. Like, th- this is yeah. a culture problem that we have. Like, <coughs> why why is their, their journey so more important than everybody else's to go and create havoc on the road? So, uh, Sergeant Mark Brown told me a very similar story. He was um, escorting a whatever it was that took up both sides of the road. Okay, so he's driving in a highway patrol with his lights flashing and the lo- red lights and the amount of drivers that kept flashing their lights at him to move over to the other side of the road. They didn't want to slow down and it was a bloody police car with, with fla- everything flashing and going and, and sirens and he said, you know, they just wouldn't pull over. So I believe you 110%. They won't even do it for the cops. Yeah. So so this is yeah. a culture issue. It's not... Yeah. You know, it, I think it, a lot of a lot of it goes back to the, to a driver training. These kids are being taught to drive by their parents who haven't got a bloody clue. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want you know the graduated licensing scheme has worked so well in New South Wales, but there is the culture needs to start there. So maybe. Well, I don't want. I'm not criticising. I could get fired for criticising, but um, <laughs> I, I think this. <laughs> I have to start driving a truck. Um, I, I well, CJ doesn't. I can't see why I can't. Ah, but well, have a go at it, eh? <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I will yeah. say, uh, Andrea, just and I'll, I'll sit in the middle here too. I could not be a nurse, so you do not have to try everything. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway. But you know, but you, I think the culture needs to start with driver, driver education, and and there are people calling for driver education in the schools. Now mm. that may be a place where it should start, where it's not just a couple, of, you know, filling out a logbook. So these are all options that you know the federal government and, and the state governments are, you know, they're all aware of those issues. Mm. And I did bring up the lights on um, with uh, Senator Carol Brown the last time I met her in uh, 
um, Canberra. I said that this is an option overseas and uh, it's worked really well. And, and you're right, even in Hungary and, and the um, Scandinavian countries, if you don't drive with your headlights on, you get a you get a fine. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, I think there's some great stuff in that, particularly um, some new... Um some new Aussie slang that we might go like sticks out like like a car without lights on. Are you? What about that? <laughs> oh well, yeah, make your bumper sticker out of that. Oh, yeah, if you don't have any lights on, you're going to stick out like a car with no lights on. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I think there's something in that for all of us, don't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, right. On. So it is um, right, coming so in holiday else? season. Yeah, oh, well, sorry, Yogi. We're, I don't want to cut no, you off there. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, well, we'll bugger off there. No, what else, what else, Andrew? Coming in, I was going to say exactly what you were going to say there, Craig. Coming into holiday season, what little tips can you do? What do you recommend? What should we do if we're going to wander out onto the road, Andrea? Well, the first thing is don't drink and drive. And the, and the second thing, if you've got teenage children and they're going to a party, they're not to get into a car with someone else who they have no idea what their alcohol level is. You know, we don't want four or five people killed in one car crash. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, it happens all over Australia. It, it, it's really sad. Um, if you're going on a holiday, which a lot of people will, uh, Craig said a very important thing. Don't be up packing the bloody suitcase in the car at 1 o'clock in the morning and then leaving yeah. the next morning for a long drive. Or go to your Christmas party the night before. Oh, yeah, God. And hungover, trying to, oh, no. Yeah. Don't, Look, don't you, change your routine when you're out on the road. You probably, you know, if you start, if you get up at 7, get up at 7. Well, that's a very... Yeah. Well, that's right. You're going to there's going to be traffic and there's going to be trucks and there's going to be caravans. You need to you want to arrive alive. You want to enjoy your holiday and you want to get home in one piece. And look, it's just take it easy. You know, plan your rest stops before you leave mm. and and stick to them, share the driving. Do all those things. But, you know, right. if you're travelling up the Newell and you're behind a couple of A-triples, don't bloody try and overtake them. You just sit back and just listen to your audio book or your music. And well, on the road chill. radio, listen to them. They're, they're pretty well, good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we've done a bit about overtaking vehicles. Never overtake on a hill or a blind corner or if you can't see past the truck. Mm. Do not overtake. Wait for a safe spot. Yeah. But again, that's that's part of patience and understanding that, you know, you, you can make a, a manoeuvre to overtake something and at the end of the day, I'll guarantee you it won't really make a whole lot of difference. Look, I, I, told, I was talking to Senator Stirled a few months ago now and I said I was on my – because Transport for New South Wales are very proud of all their overtaking line, lanes on the mule. And I just said, yeah, they're lovely, but they're too short because if you've got two B tri you know, B triples, as I like to call them, uh, road trains there, I had – I was on my way to Port Douglas and I was in between two of them – We'd gone through some overtaking lanes, and that's where I ended up. I'm going to Port Douglas. I, I, I'm not even at Narrabri. I'm going to sit there. I'm not in a hurry. Well, guarantee the uh, road train wasn't going to Port Douglas. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no chucks in Port but Douglas. But anyhow, <laughs> then we back onto the normal road, and 
the amount of people, oh, two or three, but who tried to, and I don't even know where they came from, and they're overtaking the, the three of us. Mm. And that is a long stretch. And and I said to the senator, I said, look, this, they were speeding so fast. And he said, oh, they'd have to be doing 160 to get across the, uh, around those. And I thought to myself, 160, the littlest thing went wrong, it's all over. Mm. It's all over. Well, so, Mike, Mike fell off here and he's trying to come back in. So I'll just get him back <laughs> in, Andrea. So you can keep okay, talking, well, Andrea, because we're gonna, uh, um, okay. so going to. Okay. So my best advice to you, to, to any road user, especially on the holiday season, the trucks are on the road, there are more road users and they're damn caravans as well, God bless them. Just take it. Take it easy. You, you, you know, you're not going to get there any damn quicker. Yeah. So you've you've rung back in, Mike. You must have something important to say. No, it's not. A, I dropped out. I saw the north speed, northbound high speed at Hills Creek, and all of a sudden I've got silence, you know. I was sort of little harbour, stuck the mirrors in, and and we have, we have the same. We have the WA Telstra. I got Telstra. That's what happened. Oh, I would have rung you back. Would you? Yeah. I started to get a bit worried because while I was while while I was off, I got a message from Trev saying, "Tell them to dip their damn headlights." Oh. So yeah, see that that see this becomes the whole thing about headlights is that the fact that we've got super high powered headlights now. Mm. So, yeah. so that's where it becomes really awkward for us. I don't particularly like gassed up HID headlights for oversize because everybody flicks their lights at me all day. Mm. Headlights during the day, tell Trev to get on or get get with the program. That <laughs> the headlights during the day do not I, I love everything he says, but I won't agree with him on this. Headlights during the day don't have the same impact as they do at night time. So even though they're stronger, they're not going to blind you like they do at night time. Oh, I've seen some Utes that have got oh, that many yeah. headlights, they'll blind you yeah, when it's daylight yeah, or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. And, and, well, and that well, we can well, change anyway, that to another like campaign, it. like sticks out like a Hilux with hot, yeah. Um, yeah, LED hey, lights. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I, all I can say is if um, if those uh, Ute guys have got high-powered headlights on, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that because they drive like maniacs and I want to know where – I want to see them coming. Yeah. <laughs> you probably do. You know, I would say once a week I, I have a, a Ute driver because, you know, I commute 100 kilometres uh, to work of a day and then 100 kilometres home, and I wish to God I had one of them blue lights that the police had that you throw up on top, and I want to give – I want someone to give – me the, the right to give tickets to these idiots because honestly they're a danger to all <laughs> there are actually laws that are protect us from um, people with these crazy headlights but again they don't seem to um, don't seem to want to use them particularly the, yeah. um, the police force I'd rather book you for 15 minutes in your log book than then uh, challenge the I tell you what, I don't like it. When you, people are running around with fog lock on, it's not fog. Oh, that, 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 no, that no, you're not allowed, no, 
No, you're not allowed to uh, use your fog lights when there's no, uh, no fog. Do you know? There is Andrew, a we know that. that. Oh, I know, I know. That's the problem yeah. that people do. Yeah. So do you know, Andrew, when you're, when you're driving your car, yeah. the fog lights from an oncoming vehicle aren't as bad because you're sitting a lot lower on the road. So the idea of a fog light is actually to put light upwards, not directly in front. So a fog light in a in a Hilux or a Prado or Land Cruiser or whatever uh, they're driving these days with the fog lights at the bottom, they actually shine directly up into the, your eyes in a, in a heavy vehicle. Vision. They are yeah, horrible things and, and they should be one of the biggest targets of um, of yep. enforcement to, to pull people up for not having them. If if you've got a switch to turn your fog lights off, turn them off. They're fog lights. They're not they're not daytime running lights. They're not. Yep. Um, you don't need them. They do just, nothing. They actually just, do nothing unless they're in the fog. Yeah. They're designed for actually. Fog. Rod Hannafy rang. Uh, I rang Rod Hannafy about something, and he said, oh, "I've been meaning to talk to you. I had an old graphic about BC and be safe drive with your headlights on, and the damn graphic had." Fog lights on as well, oh, and Rod had picked it up, and yeah, yeah, not told me off. He said, "Oh," and I said, "Okay, thank you for." And I looked at it, and I thought, "Oh God, it was an old one. This was before we went to videos, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Rod. That's how I know that it's illegal because Rod yeah. sorted so me they, out. They are problematic. They really are. They're probably one of the worst right. things coming at a at a heavy vehicle because they shine directly in your eyes. They're horrible things." You know, you know, one of the other things that annoys me a, a little bit too. There's a What's certain, that? there's a certain, there's a certain set of truck drivers who think that they can just go and throw whatever headlights they like in their truck. And you see fellas driving around now, and it's particularly bloody Kenworth, bothered at Kenworth operators <laughs> who uh, who like to have four bloody low beam headlights going. Mm, not and. You know? Not pleasant, is it? And, of course, you light them up and you say, you clown, you've got your lights on high beam, and they'll come back to you and say, no, they're on low beam, or we've got four headlights going, you clown. And, of course, then they want to fight you then. They'll rip your, rip your head off and all that sort of thing, and they're all heroes. I've got one coming towards me now, buddy, at Snowball. Mm-hmm. But more that, more lights on you can poke a stick at. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing. I, I've seen some with more LEDs on the front of the truck that don't even need headlights. Yeah. Yeah. But those, yeah, I, I, I will agree with you there, Mike. Um, any any vehicle that's got, you know, two lights either side, there's um, absolutely no need to have two low-beam lights. That, I've got that, more parking. Oh. I haven't got. I've got two headlights. Mm. I wasn't yeah, having to go was, at you, yeah. You know, I was just saying. No, 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 no. I get what you're saying because there, there's you can get a lot of square lights that are like, almost like daytime lights, and there's two of them, so they make it four. So yeah, my my four parkers are uh, just globes. You know, I only run globes in the front. I don't. I never outdrive me light. Do you use your H4s there, mate? H4s. Can't go wrong. I probably need to replace those. 55, 60s. Can't. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. H4s. H4s. Anyway, it's been great to have you on. Um, Thank you very much. Is there anything you'd like to say in a closing comment? 
I'd just like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a safe Christmas. And, um, you know, I really look forward to catching up with you guys at the National Road Freighters Conference. I want, I want to see as many truck drivers there. I love to get, I love to get feedback and uh, lots of, you know, information. I love, you know, all the stories you guys tell me. So mm. I'm really looking forward to that. But it's February next year, isn't it? 10th of February in Shepparton. Um and I'll tell you what, yeah. we're getting um, quite a good response from some politicians there on all sides of the fence that are going to turn up. So, yeah, I, I don't know, either good or we're in for a fight. I don't know which one, but anyway, it'll be. No, I think I think it's really important that our elected people come. I hope Carol Brown's coming, and Glenn Stirl will probably be there. Good old Glenn, the trucky advocate. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with everyone. And I love the auction. That's my favourite part. Mm. Well, <laughs> you guys are so funny. We'll see what we can sell you this year, eh? <laughs> oh, God almighty. Who will forget last year when a certain person bought all that advertising? Mm. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a good outcome. And I think the NF NRFA has come of age, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And I'm hoping that Father Christmas buys me a, a subscription of Trucking Life. Oh, right, eh? Oh, we have yeah, everybody does that. Yeah, yeah everybody should do that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a credit to you guys, and I, I think it's wonderful for the trucking industry to have you know, a voice for Australian truck drivers, not necessarily the trucking companies. So mm. It's wonderful. Well, it's a voice to talk well, about you. the actual trucking life, you know, what we live and breathe and experience on the road. Um, yeah, it's how we feel. Um, that's great. And I, ho I hope that's coming across in the magazine that, you know, it's a few guys here brought back something that should be there. Absolutely. And Yogi, Yogi, you've got to, yeah. I want you to share some of my um, power nap stuff on your Facebook page. Oh, yes. We on Kendall Trucking. Oh, yes. We are, we'll talk about that off there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we, we, look, Kendall Trucking has got a lot of foot traffic, right? But at the moment, it's just full of hate. <laughs> like there is so many ne negative comments on there. I get a little bit protective about what I put up on Kendall Trucking. Mm. Yeah, they're not oh, they're not in always... the same way of thinking of you know we're thinking. So yeah. you know one of the oh, things I, I found be, about I'd social drop, yeah, I'd be happy to drop thirty thousand followers and get good, well balanced comments rather than get you know twenty thousand people going you're you're a tool. And I don't like you. And you carry on like a tool. And you'll always be a tool. But they still You're never not being a tool. You're a sellout but, tool. <laughs> it's what I got hey. told the other day. You've changed. You're a sellout and you're a tool. That was just an advertisement live thing I did on Sunday. You're a tool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I Yogi. <laughs> Yogi. <laughs> yes. Yogi, the more popular you become and higher profile, you're always going to get those kind of people. And you don't yeah, know I'm... you're successful until you get those people. You <laughs> know? Oh, yeah, but I, but I, I don't want people having a go at you, Andrew. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I don't oh, want no, people look. to degrade what you're doing because they've got an opinion against me. Mm -hmm. I can handle it. It's like I've got to ask to put up a, uh, a GoFundMe page for the fires in, in Western Australia. 
I yeah. can't. You know, people just come at me flat out about that stuff. And I'm just so, we try to protect the content and, you know, do what we do because, yeah, at the moment it's not a nice place, but I'm okay with it. It is what it is, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we can keep going on Twitter and doing other things and maybe Instagram and a few other things, which are good. But, yeah, at the moment it's a bit of a beast, actually. Yeah. yeah, look, look. all I can say is, Yogi, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Look, there are people, look, I, I you know, I, I can't, you know, sometimes I can't get over it. You know, people either love you or they hate you and then they love you for years and then all of a sudden, oh, we've changed our minds, we don't like you anymore. You yeah, know? that's right, because I do something else. Like a retired road train trucker called me a dingbat on the weekend. You're oh, a dingbat. dingbat. Yeah, dingbat. Yeah, oh, right. I don't know what it is. A dingbat. A dingbat. Correct. A dingbat. Wow. Mm. So, so that's the thing. Like, a, and I, I mean, I, I know what I did there on Sunday, and we are trying, and it was a promotional thing for us. If you don't know what to buy someone in the transport industry, buy them a subscription to Truck and Life or Act. It's mm. simple as that. I'll buy them a candle trucking app. I don't really care. Right, it, it, so that's I know what I did on the weekend, and that, that was what it was about. Oh. That's why I did it on the weekend. Yeah, well, well, right. yeah, I saw. I, I actually saw that where you're promoting. I thought it was a very low key promotion, um, oh, well, and I can't see how anyone can be self promotion. It's shameless self promotion. Self promotion. Well, well, well. Yeah. What do you do, mate? Yeah. Anyway, Andrea, thanks right, for coming thank on, you. mate. We're going to yeah. go to a song. We've got a bit of other stuff we want to talk about. That's yeah, okay. And, uh, thank you. Take care. Right thank you for joining us, mate. We'll see you in the suit. Thanks, Andrea. Okay. Right Take care, guys. Bye. Righto. Thank bye, you. Bye. So there right we go, right. guys. We'll go to a song. Bit of Tim McGraw. You're going to hang on there, Mike, or you're going to drop out again? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm right now. I should be right. I hope. Right ask Delstra. Delstra. We'll ask Delstra, shall we? Right, we'll go to a song and then we'll be right back, everybody. And a uh, bit of Tim McGraw. We'll ask uh,
We're back, everybody. How are you? Well, more than on the end, cool axe cold. Cool axe cold, is it? Cool axe cold. We nearly slipped into another song there. We may have even done it for half a second or something. Just lack of concentration as we're talking off air about our lovely social media profiles and how it affects everybody. Oh, mate. We're having a bit of a chat. Yogi's saying that he does. (coughs) Pardon me. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. I was in his throat. Yeah, I don't block and lead anyone. You know, like, I, if, you, if you're there, you're going to be there, you're going to be there and do what you're going to do. I don't, we've never done it on Kendall Trucking. The mean they're all block and delete spam and, and all that stuff just because it, it just fills your comment. We're not, we're not clickbait. A lot of people think I'll do stuff for clickbait. I don't particularly care if one person looks at what we do or 100,000 people look at what we do. I'll do it because I want to do it. Mm. Yeah. So I don't really care what you say. But I'm in a different point with social media. Earlier on in that, yeah, I mean, the death threats and, the, you know, people wishing we die this year and all that sort of stuff was pretty full on. We never sort of blocked and deleted any of them. They're, they're still there. And I guess if, you know, somebody Googles their name, which is what you do in the future employee, if you Google their name and, and it comes up on a Facebook search that you wish I was dead, well, that's, uh, that's going to be bad on your resume. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I was just saying to Yogi that I... Uh, I did delete and ban a bloke uh, on our Trucking Life Facebook page over the weekend simply because they can have a go at us all they like, but they can't have a go at other people making innocent comments. That's yeah. the line in the sand for me. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I, I did. I finally, buddy, lost me sense again with this bloke. After I'd sent him a message to warning, too, by the way, and he told me where to go. So I thought, well... Here we go, buddy. You can have this. Thank you very much. We don't need you. Mm, um, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's, and that's how I feel about it. So, I mean, for those of you who haven't worked it out, we three feel very differently about something. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Have you? Yeah. And uh, no, that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why we're friends, I think, because we can yeah. have a crack and have a bit of a... <laughs> well, well, one of the things people have to understand is that we, we, we travel through every week and um, we all we all have conversations, whether it's me and Mike or me and Yogi or, or or the other two or whatever. And sometimes, you know, we have differences of opinions that that leach out into into the media or or wherever else. But at the end of every every week, I'll guarantee everybody this: we sit down and go, "Well, that was a good week, wasn't it?" Um, yeah. And we've, we yeah. slap oh. slap each other. Um, and and we do have our arguments off air. Don't don't get me wrong there. So if anybody yeah. thinks that we just sit around here all agreeing and that what we're going to do on radio is like, you know, oh all lovey dovey and you no, know, we all have a difference of opinion and we all get together and and um, try to try because to voice the the most yeah. The and that's what, that's what we, we want to do. That's what we want to do. We want to show both sides of the coin here. Now, whether you agree with Andrew and a lot, or you agree with the power and that, or you don't, we want to put people on that are passionate about the industry, passionate about road safety, passionate about what they're doing, and we want yeah. we want we want them on. It's plain and simple. We want them. I've on. never, I've, I've never, for every driver. I've never met anyone who's as passionate about what they're into as what Andrea is and, and, yeah. and is consistently passionate about it. She turns up, 
and she pushes the message and look without putting too fine a point on it the power on that thing it works for some people mm. you know yep. and you know ultimately that's what it's all about it's another thing to talk about what? we wanted to have a quick conversation about a couple of other things is it okay if we get onto that because we we do really have sort of got push them for yeah. time we do, but I will say one thing there, Mike, before we get off the Andrea PowerNap thing. The, yep. the, the one message about PowerNap, yep. and I will take this, whether you like a 15-minute break, half an hour, seven hours, 15 hours, I don't care. The, the message yeah. we need to get from this, if you are tired, pull over pull and have a sleep, whether it is 15, yep. 20, whatever. That, that's the yep. message we need to get out to people. In, in Go for a walk, life isn't this do something. such a big hurry thing that you need to drive forever. If you are tired, pull up and do whatever you need to recover. So yeah, and if that's a sleep, if, have a sleep. So and if your boss jumps up and down about it, if you're a, tr- a truck driver and your boss jumps up and down about it and get, carries on and fucking get, goes crook at you, get another job. Get another job. Yeah, you're working for the wrong life. bloke. Yeah. <laughs> So right on, right on, Michael. That. Move, move on, right Michael. What, what we right on. What's you got for us in the last twenty? No, well, we, we wanted to have a chat. The caravan situation has been one of those things that has come up pretty mean and pretty fast in the last several days. They've got, you know, there was a paper done, research study done uh, a couple of months ago now, where they talked about the number of caravans that were overweight, heavy, big, uh, like mm. actually overloaded, etc. And uh, now we've got the police coming out and saying they're going to have a bit of a crackdown on the overweight caravans. Coupled with that, we've also got the police and uh, and the regulator trying to remind people that coming up the holiday season that we have to have our breaks and we need to do it in rest areas and people need to consider that and park in places other than drug parking areas. So that's a good thing to see that message. But also this licensing thing coming up yet again about how people should have to have a license to tow a caravan. Now, there's a number of conversations we can have about all of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, could. Just, to kick, just to kick the license thing off and just kick it to the curb fairly quick, I agree that we really should have some form of education and a license would be a good way of showing that if you're towing a caravan, you've actually had some education about it. The problem with it is, is how do you make it happen when every single state is responsible for their own uh, laws with respect to licensing? And, I mean, if you bought that in, in Queensland, for example, that you had to have a license to tow a caravan, how many people from New South Wales would then go into Queensland with their caravan? Mm. Probably not many. So let's shoot our tourism industry in the head. Mm. And that's the way some people would view that. Not saying it's right. That's just the reality. Yeah. And apart from that, then how do you create the infrastructure, the testing facilities, the driving testing, and everything to make it all happen? The amount of caravans there out there are just the horses bolted. I think you know. Yeah, it's a bit it's late. A beast. It's a big beast of a of an industry, and you won't ever stop it now. So maybe maybe someone needs to do some training. Maybe this is. Meet us there at an oval, and here we'll talk mm. about this, and we'll talk about that. Maybe yeah. someone yeah. behind the wheel, maybe steer the future. I think you yeah. never quite know. That's it. But but a lot of the stuff they talk about, and and I'll, I will give um, the authorities some credit here. 
they have been weighing people and, and yep. telling them what they're doing wrong. That, that's, yep. that's a good thing, like education. Yeah. What, what alarms me, though, is that the, the statistics actually say that 90% of the ones that are intercepted are actually yep. overweight. Now, yeah, and not a little bit either. Yeah. Well, well, hang yeah. on. That, that's, that's a statistic that's a little bit shy. Um, yeah. They don't say how bad it is. Like if you're if you're in a Land Cruiser and your table weights 350 kilos and you're 360 kilos, you know, we need to know those statistics. Are you 800 kilos? But there's, there's a big difference there. But, but what people don't realise too is that there's an allowable weight of 350 kilos, say, on a Land Cruiser with a van that weighs three tonne, blah, 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 blah. Do you know the worst effect is not having 350 kilos on that table? Yeah, that's right, having 300 kilos. The worst effect is having 50 kilos on it. Um, So this is part of education that your your whole combination could be within, within the guidelines, but the way it's actually loaded is actually more detrimental to your stability on the road than, oh, yeah. than actually having it. Like, I'd rather have 400 kilos on the table than 50 if for stability. So, you know, there, there has to be uh, a little more statistic to follow these things. If, if their whole combination weighs nine tonne, yeah, that's a big issue, right? Well, yeah. we love we love the idea though that we, we get all these things in caravans, etc., and then we go and hang an outboard motor and a couple of spare tires and a generator and mm. all that oh. sort of shit off the back of your caravan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've been talking about that for years, prior to all this. You know, you, you drive your your family SUV around the city, and then when you go away, you put the dog, the box of beer, the three kids, the motorbikes, the motorbike helmets, and everything, and the Roof racks and a couple of cases, and then you take off. The weight changes in the car. Mm. The response yeah. time changes in the car. Everything yeah. changes when you carry weight. So, we're, so I'll add this off. I've loaded a 22-ton wheel loader. I moved it three inches back, and I got another half a ton forward where I needed to be. Mm. So I've got the weight where I need to be, and it takes a minimal amount to get weight. So you've got to understand your weight. Mm. And what well, you've only got to look at that that little demonstrator, that interactive display that I'm sure we've all seen on YouTube where the bloke yeah, moves the weights from yep. on the caravan yeah. and now you get you get the old uh, get the old tank slap going and it's yep. unrecoverable. Once it starts it's game over. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Only a recovery tack knife and into the into a stupid barrier that the government <laughs> built to save lives on stone. <laughs> so you know like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> probably put a few extra ropes on that as well just to yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Let, let it go. Let cars go into the scrub. It's going to be a better, but mm. yeah. So we, we, we'd love to get our hands on one of those. I reckon that'd be great to have it at a truck show. We'll make one. Yeah, so we'll just make one. We'll just make one. Yep. It's all right. I had a bottle cap. So, so, um, plastic bottle. I know a bloke that used to work at Questacon. Yeah. What was he? He used to make this play. He's a questionable. He used to make displays and stuff. Oh, he's a questionable character though. <laughs> He's a bit questionable I'll when he gets into the honey whiskey. I know that. I've been looking at one of those, and I was even um, 
thinking about how we can make that. And I've seen a few that are they're like I don't I don't know model model size. They're probably like one thirty two or something. And I was yeah. thinking if you actually bought a treadmill, yeah, and made it like is it a one and one one to fourteen model? Yeah, we probably don't want to kill anyone with flying models. I'll tell you what you want to check out for weight and distribution and what you think is right or wrong. Look at one of those, find it on, online on the interweb and find a treadmill that starts out with cars and bottles and rolls of tape and find out what actually wins. I've seen that. Crashes, I've seen that one. What crashes and burns and what actually yeah. wins. It's really, really interesting where where the weight distribution is. So yeah, anyway, I thought fun. Speed Racer was going to win, but he didn't. Mm. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, that's right. And a big pile of tape comes out, takes everybody out. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, like if it's three o'clock in the morning, you should be asleep, go to bed. But if you're not, have a look at that stuff. It's oh, fantastic. When you end up in the room, off. Yeah. yeah, it's so amazing. It's, it's amazing. Right, right. So it's it's been interesting to see some of the posts. On, on the socials recently about caravans and that in um, and even cars in in truck parking bays. I saw one that pig farm the other day is just one one car in a, in the truck yeah. parking bay. And yeah. so, you know we've got, we've got to go back to the very simple fact that you don't know what you don't know. So those people just don't know that they're taking up a, a space for for a driver. So ed- education is is a key to that. I see that the police are actively out there saying, please don't park there. So that's good. Yes. And, and if they can follow up, and again, when I say, it's all right to have, a, have a, a thing for two weeks where you say, please don't park there. It's not a two-week campaign. This is a forever campaign. So we need to, yeah. you know, proactively make sure that they're going to do that forever. It's, it's not just in holiday season. It's every bloody day. Like, yeah. don't I'll tell you, me and, uh, me, me and Andrew, so I had a chat about this one day, probably after a couple of stubbies. You know, if we, if we had an endless supply of money, right, and this is where the conversation ended up, we had an endless supply of money, we'd book the caravan park there. If the caravan was want to park in truck park, we'd go and book the caravan park there, park the truck mm. in there. That's right. <laughs> like, that's, go and book 10, 20 sites. Park there for a couple of days. Come and go. You know, Just drop, drop your trails in the middle of a street somewhere and go and park in a park in a. No, no. Book, book ten sites. I'll put the whole lot in. Oh, take the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it doesn't solve the problem. Two wrongs don't make a right. But yeah, look if you're if you're in a car and caravan, the thing, and I've driven caravans and I don't like it. I get in a caravan once a year and I think this is terrible. It feels wrong. It's not right. It, may, it does my head in. I look like an amateur and I understand what what the problem is. Mm. But the thing is, I think a lot of caravan uh, drivers and, and operators think they don't know where it can and can't go. So the good thing about it is go out to a paddock or a footy field and, and mm. find out where you can back a caravan and what you can do with it. Mate, get to know your vehicle. Mm. Know your surroundings yeah. and know your vehicle. Because you get into a situation and you think you can't get out of it, so you just park in the spot. And then you can't realise that that spot is the truck, mm. and that truck can't get out of that spot. I mean, Hamburger Hill is a classic example. If you go in there, we can't get out. If you're in there, we're taking up spots. The trucks go in there. We we got nowhere to go. We can't go into the car spot. We're done until you sort stuff out and get out of the way. Mm. Yeah. But but again, so, you know, this is an education thing. They they don't know, yeah. and they've they've come with that. But 
you know, look, the three of us here, we've probably driven some of the most ugliest, horrible combinations you'll ever have to deal with in your life. Like, you know, Mike, you've done quads. Or, like, yeah, you mean you've done oversized stuff, you've done headers. They're wide, they're, they're high. Heavy, top heavy. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we all cope with this on the road. Like I was saying a bit earlier there, I, I drive eight doubles down the, down the highways here all the time and do it, you know, quite frequently. And and that combination to me feels much more stable than yeah. than a car and a caravan. Yet, you know, you, you're getting someone in a car and a caravan that's all they've ever done in their life, and no disrespect, but they've they've worked in an office or or whatever, and and they're they're towing this thing down the road, and and to me they feel unstable. So how does that feel to someone with no experience? Oh, I know, I know. So well, yeah, if, if, if people can listen to our words, like I feel unstable in a caravan, mm-hmm. I've done yeah. triples. Yep. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Mike's, and, I, Mike's and, I've, and I've moved short pocket road trains with a three-metre dolly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've done I, I've done a header the other day, it was 24 tonne, and they told me it's a demo header, so it's got a thousand, got 1,200 litres of fuel, up top, that's the deal with the demo header. You must fill it up when you finish with the demo. So there's a ton and a half of fuel high at five metres high. Mm. Yeah, great. That does yeah. wonders for your centre of gravity, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because right, this is pushing me around on that park that we're doing. He said, oh, it's 24 tonne, but it's probably full of fuel, and that's up top. And you're like, ah, there's the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's pushing me around, definitely. So so we, we were pretty well experienced and pretty well versed on this, but Know your product, know your caravan, know what you can do. You don't need a thousand jackets. You don't need 48 pairs of thongs. Limit what you want to carry. You don't need your kitchen sink. Go home to your kitchen sink. Leave that to, you know, at home. And if, if you can not travel with water because you can fill up at the next caravan park, leave your water behind. Um, yeah, yeah, most true. of the time, yeah. if you're going between park and park, you don't need to carry water at all. And that's like, you know, in a caravan, you're talking to somebody, I see they've got, Two four hundred litre tanks. It's like 800, 800 kilos of water walking yeah. around. Yeah. And well, my my caravan my caravan had uh, two one hundred and fifty litre tanks. So yeah, I think we've got four hundred litres. Got two two yeah two hundred. Yeah. So anyway, mm. coming up to the top of the hour, we got five right. minutes to go. We really should mention Queensland Rail and thank you very much for uh, sponsoring the show and uh, all the work that they do. Know you're trucking hot, Yogi. And, uh, know you're trucking hot. Remember that size does matter. And, of course, I don't have to worry too much about that because my truck doesn't change its height. Doesn't it? Yeah. No. How high is it, Mike? 3.2 metres. There you go. So Mike knows, yeah. his, Mike knows his height. Is that 3.2? 3.9? Yep. No, 3.2. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Sure, it's not a caravan. No, it's not a caravan. You're <laughs> driving rigid these days. Eh? Yeah, rigid. No. Rigid. I'm water. driving a, uh, I've tank. got very low, I don't have dirty great big stacks on mine like some blacks I know. Oh. Now you're having a go at me. Oh. Now hang on a minute. Everybody, everybody, and it's harvest time, right? So everybody, every farmer, oh, you'll hit the auger. Well, the tie is your truck. Oh, what do you mean? Well, my truck's 4.2. Oh, yep. Yeah, like your truck's 4.2. Oh, it's just that I haven't got a bunk. All right, so this is the problem. I need a big bunk. 
Well, you've That's got what a bunk. It is. It's just not a big airdyne bunk. That's it. No, it's a low line lovers. Everybody loves a low line. Oh, I'm going to refer to low. No, they do look anyway. super. They do look super cool with a big bun on the low bun. Well, that's because I am super cool. Anyway, like I said, we're coming over the top of the hour. I've got a little something here. Rest in peace, the big boab tree. Did you gentlemen see the boab tree up in the Great Northern Highway fell over? I did. I did see that today. The big old boab tree. It's it pictured in a thousand different uh, photo albums all around Australia. And it fell yeah. onto the road. It couldn't have fallen off the road. It fell onto the road. But anyway, the boab no. tree, rest in peace, the big boab tree. Fair enough, too. It's one of those iconic photos. It's like it is. getting your photo <laughs> with, the, with the bucket thing at Cougar Petey. Yeah, and uh, you get your photo at the start of the 90 mile or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those yeah. iconic yeah. photos you had to have. Yeah. Everyone with the triples pulled up up there in the boab. But anyway, I, I think it'll be... Gone. I don't know what they're going to do with the bow. I don't imagine it'd be firewood. I suppose it'd be. I don't know. Anyway, who, kn- who knows? See, it fell over. Someone took it over or did it fall over? Uh, it fell over. Well, I'm it just fell over all on its own. Yeah, trees get old. They're like people. They just get old and fall right. over every now and then. You know, pine so, trees yeah. do particularly. Well, I've, yeah. I've, we had a um, tree fall on the load going out of the bush one day. Fell on the truck. Really? Yeah, not not ideal. Very, yeah, I know very, I get very a bit, scary. <laughs> yeah, like I know I get a bit towy around gum trees sometimes. I know I get a bit towy around them. Is that because yeah. uh, Well, the branches fall out of them, mate. Oh, Just, yeah. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Sure, sure, what that was all about there. But anyway, we are very close to the hour here, so we will be back on Saturday night. We will. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we're, we're on the, I think it's the fifteenth. Yogi, it's a Friday night and fifteenth of December. Yeah, are we talking yeah. about a Christmas party? Well, the Friday night is um, we're going to have a show, and we're right. going to we're going to record it and play it on Saturday night because because a few of us won't won't be available on the Saturday night, so. Uh-huh. But, Correct. One day, right. Let's but, do a Christmas party. All our regular should we call listeners. it like the 15th, perhaps, yeah. our on-the-road radio Christmas party? Why not? And we Mad could, if you don't. And so we could get a few guests in. And, um, so yeah. we, we need a designated driver because yeah. we're all going to have stubbing. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd call it can drive. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably and have a there. plan B. Yeah, no, no plan B because I'll be at home. <laughs> I'll just, just trying to reiterate what turn, turn the dials <laughs> off and I'll go to bed. But so anyway, we'll we'll, we'll do that on a Friday. Let's night work on that. Replay on a Saturday Tuesday. night, just for anyone yeah. that missed out. But um, just so everyone knows that us good hardworking people here on the road radio do need a break sometimes, have a bit of a party yeah. ourselves. So right, uh, jobs on, jobs on. Job's on. Righto. Well, there you go. we are at 9 o'clock. And um, thanks, Andrea, for <laughs> coming on tonight. Thanks, Queensland <laughs> Rail. Size does matter, Yogi. Uh, yeah, I'll just, before we go, real quick, I've just been sent a text message from a delivery tomorrow, and it's got a white drum on the road that's got Yogi written on the drum. Turn here. Send it to you. Well, that's unreal. Good on you, good people. See you Saturday night. Right, eh, Michael? And if you can't be good.
be spectacular. Right, good people. Talk to you on uh, Saturday night.